This podcast is for general information only. It is not intended as a substitute for general health care services. If you have medical conditions, you need to see your doctor. Use of this information is at the user's own risk. Welcome to FitRx with Dr. Greg Dennis. Join me as we challenge the standard sick model of healthcare. This is your source for everything health, wellness, prevention, fitness, biohacking, and more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of FitRx. I'm your host, Dr. Greg Dennis. So I'm sure you guys heard me a lot, probably, uh, talk about the importance of muscle. The more that I learn and the more that I just go along in this process and and, in health and longevity, you know, I'm just reminded of the importance of, of strength and muscle again, as it relates to just overall health and longevity and decreasing insulin resistance and a lot of the diseases that, that I see on a daily basis. And so um, my guest today is Philip Shepard and Andre Yakovenko. Uh, hopefully I, I got close to that name. And together they wrote a book titled Deep Fitness, and it is a science-based strength training program that simple, quick maximizes results while increasing enjoyment. And so anytime I find a book about strength and stuff, it catches my eye, especially if it's looks like maybe something a little bit different than the norm and also evidence-based. So I'm just kind of anxious to learn, you know, more about what these guys do and how they can help us uh, build muscle. So, uh, Philip, Andre, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, shall I tell you a little bit about my background? Please. Yeah. I'd like to hear uh, just kind of each one of y'all individually of just, yeah, your, your background and then how y'all got into the fitness world and then how that evolved into motivation to write this particular book. Yeah. Well, um, my background is pretty varied, but where I ended up was helping people back into their bodies. I mean, in a, in a culture that lives in its head, we barely commune with the body. And when we do, it's like we sit up in the head and listen to the body. So that, you know, that quality of being trapped in the head is a difficult one to overcome. And I got, a, I got an email from Andre uh, saying, well, I, you know, I was recommended to get in touch with you. And would you come and do a workout at my gym? And to tell you the truth, I've never, never had much of an affinity for gyms. But of course, I said yes and went in and did this workout with Andre. And it was, it was something that brought me so alive in my body. I felt phenomenal afterwards. Couldn't wait to come back and do it again. And so we, we developed this friendship through which we shared i i shared my work and i've written two books on it and it's called i call it the embodied present process and there are over a hundred practices that help to work against our cultural notion of sitting in the head making the body do what we want to and when we're exercising that's very often the stance we take is i've got to do I've got to get through these reps and it's like you're it's like the body's this dumb beast and you're whipping it to go harder and harder and 
And the workout Andre introduced me to is very, very slow and mindful. And I learned from him about the workshop and he learned from me, we, we shared. And from that coming together, this new approach, which we call mindful strength training to failure was born. And that's what led to the book. Okay. Uh, Andre, how, how'd you get into all this? Well, first of all, I just want to acknowledge that without Philip, there would be no such a, maybe there would be a book would, would, wouldn't be nearly as good. He's the main talent to actually putting this book together and uh, responsible for, you know, for doing fairly well. I, before I get into the fitness, I actually was in the field of geophysics. And, but, you know, I had athletic predisposition. I was wrestler when I was a kid and always was kind of in sports and all that. And as I was, I came to Canada, I went to university and then went to grad school, get a job and get a career. And then, you know, found myself to be a partner in that company and financially did fairly well. And, you know, slowly I was in mid-30s and decided, like, I really need to take care of my body. Because, you know, before that priority was just career and, you know, kind of making it. And then I started going to the gym and my body responded fairly well to strength training. And after a few years of doing a bunch of different things, you know, including the conventional heavy lifts, you know, squats, bench presses, all that stuff. I asked myself a question, you know, what's actually the science of building muscle, right? Because, you know, I didn't want to look at these magazines like they looks like they're just recycling all things over and over and over. And I didn't want to ask some random people in the gym. So, I, you know, I dug into the literature. And then when I came across this style of training, which is essentially is called training to momentary muscular failure or muscle failure, on the internet is commonly called high-intensity strength training. There is a great book I really highly recommend, you know, after people read our book, Deep Fitness, the other book they should read is called Body by Science, mm-hmm. co-authored by Doug McGuff and John Little. So those, that's the book that first, introduced me to this style of training and it was also subtitled research-based and evidence-based and after i read the book i was you know naturally skeptical but i dug into the literature i did my due diligence i i pulled those papers and the science supported this style of training the fact that you can achieve same or better results but doing workout briefly and intensely and less frequently and that led me to trying this training for about a year only once a week uh, I convinced a couple of my colleagues in my old work to give this training a try. And, you know, religiously, we wouldn't miss a workout, but only once a week, we would put each other to this workout. It were fairly intense sessions. We just used free weights and whatever tools we had at the work. Uh, the session might last 20, 25 se- minutes, but then you need typically 10 minutes just to lay down on the floor to catch your breath. And what happened, I already had, you know, some muscles because I've been lifting weights for a few years before I did it. But one of my colleagues... Martin, who was a programmer, not your typical exercise guy. I don't think he's ever been to the gym, not on purpose anyway. After a year, his body transformed. You know, he had six pack, chest, shoulders. Basically, he developed a body of an athlete. And at that time, also, I kind of wanted to do something on my own. As an entrepreneur, I, like I, I was approaching uh, late 30s and I thought, if I don't do something now, like that's it. I, you know, I just felt there's more I wanted to, exp- to challenge myself in life. And I kind of felt like I reached the ceiling in what I was doing. So a combination of my new developed passion for this training and wanting to do something on my own to go and just, you know, not having a safety net, just see if I can make it as an entrepreneur, let me quitting my job 
at my geophysical company. And then when I ask myself a question, what do you want to do professional? What do you want to do next? And, you know, I was kind of an expert in my area and I could have just continued doing that. But then I realized I was really doing that for like a year. And, you know, I would spend my, all my free time reading research papers on this topic. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to be, I'm going to open this. I've seen the results. I know it works. I'm very passionate about this style of training at that stage. And I knew there is market for it. And not really like, there's only a couple of people in Canada were doing that kind of training at that time. And still not that many even today. So I thought there's a real business opportunity. So after exploring different business models, the one I love the most is the one actually, it's a Swiss-based franchise, so-called Kizer Training. I was connected with the founder, Werner Kizer, uh, and he generously kind of mentored me and some, you know, like I had some questions and I flew there. And, you know, when I walked in into those Kizer Training gyms, I was drooling. They used this, all these in my opinion, world's best machines called MEDEX, which stands for medical exercise, which came from Florida. Like I, I knew this is what I wanted to do. So when I came home, I decided to start new element training and kind of that Kizar training model was my uh, uh, kind of a template because frankly, I had no experience in fitness industry myself, zero. <laughs> I just had passion for this training and I wanted to do this. And so I opened new element training now would be eight and a half years ago. You know, it was not an easy task. Try to open a gym where it doesn't look like a gym and explain to people, you know, it's good for you. When people walk in, would walk into our space, we just use this Maddox machine and that's it. So they would be a little bit confused. Is it a gym? Like if it's yes, whereas you're running machines, whereas your saunas, classes, or is it a clinic? Because we use these medical machines, you know, for lower back, for the spine, cervical. And so our machines kind of, some of them look like regular machines, but some clearly different. It's what hard to explain in the beginning because our concept is somewhere in between the, the two. It's not a gym, it's not a clinic, we're our own niche category. But slowly but surely, uh, as people started to use this training, train this style, they would tell me how this transformed their lives. And so I thought it's not just me, I see it more and more. And you know, our main motto for our gym is strength, strength for health. Now we call it strength training for lifelong health. And this is kind of what it's all about. And, you know, we tend to attract people who are mid-age, probably 35, 40s and above. We have clients up to 90 years of age. You have women with eight years of age with osteoporosis, right? So what we sell, we sell strength for health. And then more and more people would compliment us how everything just felt better, easier, and, and, and so on. And I had this idea where I really wanted to take this and see if I can take this training outside of the walls of Newman training. So that's what I started thinking of writing a book is one of the ways to do it. And as I learned more about working with people, uh, kind of putting all the different scientific disciplines together and see what works, what does. And, you know, when you work with people, as you know, in your practice, people come with all different backgrounds in the demographic, mental abilities, neurological, physical, all different. And it's only by working, you know, with, I don't know, doing over 100 sessions a week, week after week, month after year after year, you really understand what it's all about, right? And you're beginning to see things that otherwise you just wouldn't. I had this idea about the book. And as, as, as Philip mentioned, I came across his work. Uh, I love his work. Anybody who wants to experience what mindfulness feels like, I recommend, you know, doing one or two practices that he offers, then they will see it for themselves. You really have to try to understand it. And we became friends. And uh, one day I remember doing his practice and I thought, 
I should ask Philip if he wants to do this project with me. And then I asked him and he said yes right away. And, you know, it took us two, three years. And as we were thinking about the book, we developed more and more clarity how to present this style of training, understand it better and deeper. The book uh, got published. And kind Very of does. Well, I, I look forward to getting in to a little bit more, you know, about the training. And I again, I'm always looking for something different, you know, even for myself personally, and, and I know the listeners will be interested in that as well. Um, before we get to that, though, um, I, I, I do just kind of want to get into the book a little bit. And you guys kind of start off by by talking about the modern e- epidemic, you know, chronic diseases. You mentioned sarcopenia and and which is, you know, the, the loss of muscle as we age. I mentioned kind of in the intro, you know, just briefly the importance of muscle you guys talk about that. I mean, how, I guess, muscle and strength relates to just chronic diseases. And one of the things we, we go into in the book is that the sort of popular understanding of fitness is about 50 years behind the research, um, where Kenneth Cooper put out his book aerobics. And his, his notion was that we exercise to strengthen the heart and the lungs. And so in his view, strength training was actually a deficit because he thought muscle would put more load on the heart and the lungs and recommended as much cardio as you could possibly do. And that's really been turned around by research. For many years, they were looking for the what they call the X factor. They knew that exercise had this global positive effect on the body that there wasn't a system in the body that wasn't um, helped uh, in towards health by exercise. And why is that? I mean, they were looking for that and looking for that. And finally, they discovered that when muscle works, it creates a hormone called the myokine. And there are over 600 different myokines that are created when muscle works the more intensely a muscle contracts and the stronger a muscle it is, is, the more myokines are produced. And these go through the body and promote health in every organ and every tissue. They promote mental acuity. They help against insulin resistance and just everything. And so, and so suddenly muscle went from being something that we were given to move ourselves around into something that actually has two primary functions. Yes, it moves us around, but by moving us around, it keeps us healthy. And so then the whole emphasis of exercise in terms of metabolic health, in terms of longevity longevity and life enjoyment has shifted from cardio and doing you know, all that to strengthening your muscles. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, when, and there are something, thousands of ways to do strength training, right? <laughs> yes, everybody has a different approach. The approach that, you know, we advocate in the book is different in a way when you train muscle to full exhaustion, right? When you feel that sort of agitation going through you at the end, the tail of the set. By the way, move it very, very slowly. So we're not doing anything like explosive. So slow, gradual exhaustion of the, any targeted muscle or muscle groups. At the tail of the set, uh, it comes with a little bit of agitation. And what's happening, essentially, the intensity of muscle contraction is so high, 
is that the body recognizes it as an emergency, stop dumping adrenaline. So you can make you agitated, so you can pay attention. And as far as the body is concerned, it doesn't know that you're on the machine or in the gym. As far as your body is concerned, you're somewhere in the jungle fighting for your life. So it makes sure that you can pay attention. And what happens when we dump adrenaline during the workout, essentially activate that fight and flight uh, sympathetic nervous system, we tap into even greater metabolic adaptations. One, we exponentially release more myokines, as Philip mentioned, into the blood. And two, uh, there is a concept you might know is called, uh, I think it's called glycogen amplification cascade effect, meaning with the spike in the dumping adrenaline, the higher the adrenaline uh, leveled in the body, the exponentially more glycogen we will deplete out of the muscle. And as you know, is that, you know, having that accumulation of glucose in the muscle cell is not good for the cell. It's sort of like putting syrup on the keyboard. It doesn't work very well. Things get sticky. But dumping that glycogen out of the muscle, it really goes a long way improving our, you know, glucose sensitivity, uh, insulin resistance, and deep, deep metabolic benefit. So particularly with people who struggle with, you know, high blood sugar and, and those conditions and cardiovascular risk factors. So strength training in a sustainable way, in effective way that, you know, you won't hurt yourself, but you can do it long-term is probably one of the single most important last intervention we can think of. You know, nutrition is another one, of course. You know, remember from the book, there are so many in and out, inside and out benefits. I challenge anybody, like I, I put, you know, thousand dollars today. I give you six months, go do research, find me one single intervention, start side by side, will give you as many in and out benefits for us proper strength training would offer you. I, I doubt you're going to find another intervention as profound for your overall health and quality of life than this one. And uh, this is kind of why we focus on this product because it's really time that science is there to support everything. And uh, it's one of the most powerful health health lifestyle intervention anybody can do for themselves. Well, then let's get into strength training because that's kind of the, the core of your book. And so traditionally when people, or when I think of strength training, you know, I think of doing like heavy sets, you know, four sets of five, you know, long rest periods, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then people talk about if you want more kind of hypertrophy than do, you know, a lot of the bodybuilders will do, you know, kind of higher reps, but still doing multiple sets. You guys kind of take a different approach. Talk about just kind of the, you know, your core principles of strength training and how your method is different than the, you know, how we traditionally view strength. It's actually, you know, we took this training that's been a while for a while, since seventies at least. And what we did, we just finessed it, right? We had more experience working with people of all demographics, uh, brought some other disciplines into it. And of course we brought Philip Shepard mindfulness into it, which is also makes it very special. But, you know, if you look historically, you know about Nautilus machines, right? Nautilus. So there was a guy you might have heard, his name was Arthur Jones. He, in early 70s, essentially, you know, he was into weightlifting. And uh, he said, I really appreciated the barbell, the way, you know, in terms of evolution of the exercise and how much you can achieve from the barbell in terms of physical performance, athletic performance, you know, uh, physique and, and so on. But then he said the barbell wasn't ideal, most logical tool the way muscle joint function worked. So he kind of just wanted to design more logical, or he called it thinking man barbell. So he started Nautilus. And I don't want to go too much into the specific of 
why Nautilus was more better resistance training tools than you know other tools. But with the Nautilus, he basically he would work with bodybuilders at that time. There was uh, Menser, uh, Casey Viator, late uh, later uh, Dorian Yates, six-time Mr. Olympia. So even though Yates didn't work for Arthur Jones, but Arthur Jones would employ those golden era elite elite of the elitist bodybuilders, right? That was the goal. That was the kind of their ta- target demographics, you know, athletes and bodybuilders. And back in those days, they did this training three times a week. And the principle was, even that was radical because everybody was doing volume back in those days. Uh, the Arthur John is, realized that over the years is the body is like, you can use analogy of a dynamite. You can take a dynamite, you can take a pencil and poke it all day long. It's never going to go off. Take a hammer, hammer it, it explodes. So the same way he approached exercise, if you do it intensely enough, the body is like a dynamite. It will respond to that kind of potent stimulus. Over the years, they did it three times a week. And then, you know, talking to people from that era, they said, yeah, we had good physics, but kind of felt like tired all the time. And now we understand why they felt tired, because their sympathetic nervous system was not recovering fast enough. You know, this such an intense event needs a little bit more recovery between the sessions than your, you know, conventional workout. So these days we know that this training is more effective if you're doing less frequent than more frequent. So in our facilities at Newman Training, we advocate this training either twice a week or once a week, only for 30 minutes because it's so intense. Talking about, we're not trying to compare it to the other methodologies. As far as we're concerned, if it's something you're doing, you enjoy, and you have time for it, and it's safe, you're not hurting yourself, by all means, do it. The most important thing actually is to do it. How we do it is less important. But when you look from the perspective of health and sustainability, you know, muscle is one of those tissue we're going to lose as we're going to get older. And it starts from roughly 30 years of age. We're gradually losing those muscles. And this process speeds up in the 50s. And we need to offer it. There's a problem, right, in aging demographics. Anybody 40 plus lost quite a bit of muscle. And the older you get, the muscle muscle loss. So we need to offer solution that is more sustainable. The structure to it is not random. It's safe and it's effective. Now, a solution, you know, once to twice a week, well, then the more conventional approach is where you need to spend hours in the gym. Because some people have that kind of... And another advantage to this style of training is, is safety. In physics, force is mass time acceleration. By slowing down your cadence, you're slowing down acceleration. That means you're reducing the impact on the joints. Because we want to have healthy joints when they're going to grow older, right? You don't want to ruin, you don't develop arthritis. So the combination of the slow movement, proper forming technique, and ideally use of good quality equipment make this training not only very effective because of this high intensity, but at the same time, it's very safe. In fact, it's kind of like a paradox. You know, everybody who comes to our workout, right, the first workout, it doesn't matter if your background, you can be the strongest person in the world. Everybody gets humbled the first time how hard this training is, but at the same time, how stable you join feel doing it. So you can progressively, sustainably in the long term, can take care of your body for the purpose of health and strength overall. And that's the key. Because if you stop doing strength training, you're going to regress. You're going to start losing muscle, particularly as you get older. So we find that while this is not the only way to do it, it's probably one of the most sustainable and effective way to do it as a lifelong practice, right? Now, I generally, I prefer this style of training, you know, uh, because 
of this training. This is the reason I'm still doing it after all these years. There is no way I've been doing strength training if not for this style. Whether it's the best for bodybuilding, I don't know. Ask, you know, somebody like Dorian Yais who won six Mr. Olympias, right? <laughs> so uh, I don't want to, we generally try not to open that can of worms, you know, <laughs> arguing what's the best. If it's working for you, keep doing it. As long as you're not hurting yourself and it's sustainable. But we find our approach for everyday average people is probably one of the best ways to do it in, in the long term. Andre talked about Arthur Jones and, and all the research he did. What he found out was that the traditional way of doing a set and resting and doing another set and resting and counting your reps, if you don't count your reps, if you're just moving the weight slowly until you can't lift it anymore and then you let it down, not because you're letting it down, because, but because you can't hold it anymore, You've arrived at that point of momentary muscle failure. And what the research shows is that if you go to momentary muscle failure, then coming back and doing more reps has almost no effect on the increase in strength. And so the, the style that Andre teaches will take you to momentary muscle failure in one and a half to two minutes. And so you can work all the major muscles of your body in half an hour, be reaping the benefits of, of what happens with the adrenaline and the stress on the muscles. And it's, the, it's one of the most intense experiences I've ever had is going to that point where you feel yourself failing. And I love it. It's like, it's like this deep encounter with the self. And What's really interesting to me, I'm, you know, I'm on the verge of 69. I'm getting stronger and stronger still, and I've never hurt myself. And there was a, there was a part of me saying, oh, you know, I, I, should, I should sort of take it a little easier. You know, I'm getting older, whatever. Well, here I am doing this workout so intensely, and it's been completely safe. My, my body's just responded positively to it. Okay, so just so for myself and for listeners to to get an idea of this concept that you're talking about i'm going to take bench press for for an example so bench press is my my favorite exercise uh so normally if i'm doing a bench press i uh, a, a pyramid um i'll do lighter you know like a set of 10 and then i'll put heavier weight on and, you know, do a set of eight heavier weight, do a set of six, and then, uh, may go up for me personally, I'll go up to 250 pounds and may do it, you know, four or five times in your method, taking all that, am I going to put 250 pounds on there and go as slow as I can up and as slow as I can down? I mean, I, I don't know, I, explain that as it, maybe it relates to bench press and even maybe the, the weight as you know, maybe what I use personally. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. It's not safe to go to failure with a bench press unless you've got a spotter. Sure. Okay. Because if you, yeah, yeah. if you fail, yeah, it's not good. So what you're looking for is to find the weight that will bring you to failure between ideally between a minute and a half and two minutes. Wow. And what that does is it means you're moving through 
all the different, the three different fibers in the muscle, the, the fast twitch, the intermediate twitch, the slow twitch, because you want to exhaust each one of them. And the, you know, especially the fast twitch, those powerful, big, explosive muscles, they don't even engage un until the other two fibers have been exhausted. So, so you're looking to go quite slowly. Now, I'm on a, I'm on a protocol now, which is a little nuts, which starts lowering the weight for 30 seconds and then lifts it for 30 seconds and lowers it for 30 seconds, at which point I'll try to lift it a little more, but usually I'm at failure. If you can, if you can do four to five seconds, you're in good shape. So four to five second lift, which is fairly slow, four to five second descent, and you'll find that cadence will bring you into your body in a different way. You'll, it's like it's happening so slowly, it's almost like you need to feel what's happening. You need to pay attention to it in a different way. And if you fail, you know, at two and a half minutes, increase the weight. If you feel it, if you fail at a minute 15, decrease the weight. And you'll find your sweet spot. And what you'll find is that you need to increase the weight. Like every couple of weeks, every month or so, you need more more weight because your time under load is is going past the two minute mark. So using the weight that I gave you as an example for me, what would be an, you know, what would be a good weight, like say for me to start out if I wanted to try this, because boy, when I'm thinking of even one minute, I mean, if I'm, if I think 30 seconds up, 30 seconds down, that seems really hard to me. And I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, I mean, not very much weight, you know? So, I mean, what, what would be like a, a good weight for me to try, you know, if I, if I can bench press 250 pounds, you know, four or five times, like what's a good weight for me to put on, to try this really, really slow movement. I, you know, honestly, I think you'd be fine at 200. Okay. Um, and, and if you go, if you go longer than the two minutes, then you know to add a bit. And it's, you know, if it takes you, if it takes you four minutes to get to failure, that's, that's, that's fine. The, the main thing is, now the protocol I talked about, the 30 minutes down, 30 minutes up, uh, 30 minutes, no, 30 seconds. When a, a muscle is moving in that negative phase, that lowering phase, it's more deeply stressed than when it's lifting because you can lower 35% more weight than you can lift. And so there's more load on the muscle and research shows that emphasizing the negative will accelerate the strength gains. So that's why in that 30 second protocol, I start with a, a negative and then go to the positive and then to the negative. So I've got twice as much time on the negative as I have on the positive, but that's a, that's a really specific protocol in general, like four to five seconds moving moving up four to five seconds moving down and it'll feel very slow and that you know as andre said that helps the joints from suffering the impact of the explosive reps that that we tend to do so it's not not so much the weight that you're using i mean it it, it doesn't necessarily matter it sounds like as long as you're going to failure so if you that's have light if you have lighter weight it's just going to take you longer to go to failure that's it 
but That's you're going to, you're going to get the same benefit. Basically. Yeah. Now, if the weight is too heavy, um, then you, you won't get, so if you fail in 20 seconds, you won't get the same benefit. Okay. Um, if you're failing, you know, in eight minutes, what it means is you're, the weight is so light that your muscles are able to recover your intermediate twitch um, and even your slow twitch muscles are coming to help out. So what you want is that window where you're, you're bringing your, your slow twitch to failure, your intermediate twitch to failure, and finally your fast twitch to, twitch to failure. You know, again, looking at this kind of practically, obviously you probably want to warm up before doing this. No. I, I know. I, I mean, okay. it sounds ridiculous, but I've never warmed up hmm. and it's always been fine. And I think it's because it's slow. Interesting. Um, okay. I, and I wouldn't discourage anyone from warming up, but it's not necessary. And so what this looks like, again, practically, if I'm going to do this style of workout, I say I'm going to do a full body workout. So I'm going to do this really slow, you know, one to two minute say bench press. Yeah. And then I'm going to move say to shoulders and I'm going to do the same thing with a shoulder press really, really slow. And I'm going to do the same thing with a bicep curl, uh, same thing with a, a squat or, you know, what, whatever else we're doing. And so you basically are doing one set per body part to failure, but long and slow. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, um, and it's, and here's the thing. It, so say two minutes to failure. And then if you move quickly to the next set of muscles, if you keep that time to like 20 seconds, okay. you're getting a cardio benefit as well. Yeah. And, and you're saying that you may, we may have been off there when you, you mentioned this, but one day a week is enough maybe, but maybe you could do it too, like two full body uh, workouts yeah, so, a week. Yeah, I, I do too. And I'm doing a workout that Andre um, devised where you, you tend to work the lower body a little bit more on one day, and then you work out maybe the upper body a little bit more on the other day. So I'm not repeating the same exercise. I go in Sunday and Wednesday, and there's, there's no exercise that's the same, even though the, I, I'm, you know, I'm using my legs i'm doing a leg extension uh one day i'm doing hamstrings the same day and then on the alternate day i'm doing um the leg press but it's working for me so absolutely two days a week i think you'll get stronger and stronger one day a week is enough to get stronger and stronger and and i can see where the risk of injury is probably a lot lower yeah it, i mean I, just it's amazing to me to have to be able to actually go to failure that that extremity of experience in a way that that is entirely safe. It's such a and the, the protocol, interestingly, was developed for elderly people with osteoporosis. And they said, how these people need to get stronger. How are we going to do it without breaking bones? And and so they tried a really slow protocol. And what happened was not only were there no injuries, but the people in the study got stronger much faster than was expected. Mm. And so they said, 
well, if it works that well for the elderly, let's try it with athletes. And they tried the same thing with athletes. And again, the strength gains were faster than would have been expected. How does this carry over with, you know, an increase maybe in athleticism? You know, so say say you're doing this workout uh, on Monday and, and you said you maybe need to rest a couple of days. But if you somebody say wanted to do this on Monday and then maybe go for a run on Tuesday, I mean, is, is that going to be OK? And, and then I guess my original question is, have they shown that this is going to it's going to increase strength? But but what about just kind of overall functional fitness, athleticism? That kind of- Yeah, it's interesting. So in my experience, and I think Andre would would uh, corroborate this. What you don't want to do is take muscles to failure uh, for a couple of days. So I'll do a workout and I'll play tennis the next day. I'll go for a bike ride. I'll Mm -hmm. go for a run. But if I'm going for a run, I'm not going to go to the extremity. I'm not going to do that hard sprint at the end of it. You know, I've, I've learned that the muscles aren't ready and it's the muscles that protect the joints. The, our weight isn't carried through the bones, through the joints, to the ground. The joints, the bones are floating. There's a, a principle we talk about in the book, Biotensegrity, that shows how the muscles and the fascia actually hold the bones um, and support them. So if the muscles are, are weakened and you're pushing hard, Again, you're setting yourself up for an injury. Describe, you know, what what the mindful part of of this strength training to failure is. It's the difference between being in your head and and talking yourself through. Oh, go harder! Oh, one more! Like the that aggressive, willful mode that 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 we're we're taught to to lean on, and it's it's a it's instead you're deep within the body. You're present to what you're doing with the whole of your being. And it's almost as though you're opening to the body to this river of energy that passes through you and you are fully experiencing every bit of it. We'll talk about here, and I know we got to wrap up here in a minute, but, uh, um, and Andre, you, you might have mentioned this, but so you guys have been training people doing this. Give me a testimonial of just maybe a, a, a radical change that, you know, kind of sticks out in your mind and you probably got a bunch of them, but, but I mean, you know, give us a one or two kind of testimony. We, we have tons, <laughs> you know, I give you an example, a good friend of mine, I guess I was saying you know, Pam, she's been elite athlete all her life, basically logging, you know, I don't know, tens of miles every week, her entire life. Now she's, you know, like mid forties. Probably a couple of years ago or so, uh, through her husband, Rob, she decided to give this training. And she's one of those people that she needs to do something every day. Just hit the pavement and go for miles, 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 miles. All she does now is this training. Her body transforms. But she's, you know, you have to, as anything else, there's three areas come to the to results. You know, the stimulus, that's the workout itself. Then you have to take care of the nutrition and you have to take care of the recovery, right? They're all, all equally important. So somebody who can prioritize all three, that's where we see the best results. So she's a, like a great example that, you know, she has muscle in her, like virtually no body fat. And she's saying she's the strongest she's ever felt. Like she can go compete now on stage, right? You know, for this figure and, you know, obviously drag free. But going from, you know, logging those miles and miles her entire life mm-hmm. to this, 
legs aches and pains and huge body transformation particularly for women when you get into your you know after the three kids in your mid 40s so that's kind of one that stands the jumps to my head right away but you know there's stories like philip's story where he's approaching you know 70 soon and he feels stronger than 20 30 years ago i have so many of such people who are in there particularly people who've lost quite a bit like in their 50s 60s those are the ones that when they maintain consistency and stick with the nutrition and recovery after a couple of years they are like telling us i i never feel this strong they don't remember when they felt this strong ever in their life and yet in their like mid 60s uh it's you know it, it's quite something so um andre when you were were off uh, i was uh, sharing with philip just kind of you know what i the weights i usually use on something like a bench press okay mm -hmm. and so um say i started doing this style of workout obviously i'm going to use a, a lighter weight than i normally would i'm doing a very slow you know kind of one rep and say i, I do that six months okay and then i go back in the gym and i put on heavier weight that i used to do mm -hmm. for four five six reps it, it, am, is that going to translate over? Am I going to be stronger than than what I was by doing this this type of a workout? Yeah, uh, I think you are. There's also a matter of specificity of uh, in the neurological adaptation, obviously. Mm -hmm. So okay. you might lose a little bit of that, but I, I bet you after you know a week or two, you're gonna your body's gonna remember that, yeah, and yeah. and you're gonna be stronger. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. um, sometimes you know. I'm fan of our machines, right? That's all I love it. But once in a while, I go to a gym and for all get for all time sakes, you know, put a couple of plates I used to do on bench press, and I can still do it regardless, despite the fact that I haven't be, I haven't touched that bench press for the yeah. seven. Eight. I would say be careful when you train to muscle failure. You better have a good spotter when you're using yeah. free weights, particularly in doing squats and bench presses. You know, sure. because safety is, is a consideration. That's why we prefer one of the reasons we prefer using machines because. When you fail, you just lower the resistance and you're done. It's very safe. Yeah. When you use a bench press, have somebody to spot you. Otherwise, you're just waiting for the injury to happen. Um, I'm assuming so. I've got a 15-year-old a son who is, you know, wanting to get stronger, bulk up a little bit. So he's starting to get interested in weightlifting. Uh, I'm assuming this is the style of training is safe for, for teenagers. For Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you want to teach them the correct way to train. Sure. And not yeah. the methods are not correct or less effective. This method is safe for the joints. You're not gonna, you know, how many people who lift heavy weights always have aches and pains? And I used to have those myself. I don't have it anymore. I haven't had those for years, despite the fact of this intensive training, right? So you wanna train smarter, right? There's again, there's so many ways to train, and there is you can if you have the right genetic, frankly, it doesn't matter what you do. You, you take the garbage outside the house, you're gonna build yeah. muscle, right? Genetically gifted. But you know, you wanna find a way that is it's safe so then when it's safe you're going to have healthy joints and enjoy enjoy like we have clients you know most of our clients you know mid 50s and so on but they have few kids in their 15s they're kind of professional athletes they want to be and we train them and everybody gets stronger and stronger and stronger it doesn't matter of the age sorry a good testimonial of this was when in mid 70s nautilus sold their equipment to uh west point military academy i don't know if uh we mentioned it in book all right, Andre, we'll, yeah. we'll go ahead and uh, kind of wrap up. But um, so I guess on that note, I mean, go ahead and give me your your one health tip and then I'll tell everybody where they can get the book and kind of find you guys. So Yeah, so my health tip would be, of course, do strength training okay. <laughs> and, yeah. and do it safely and do it effectively, whatever that shape or form it takes for you. 
uh, you know, our solution is one of those that you can do it, but if, you know, doesn't have to be our specific method, any form of strength training will go a long way. One of the most important lifestyle interventions for anybody. I would, I would talk about the breath as one health, health tip. I would, I would say, see if you can open the whole body to the breath. The body is a fluid medium and we're used to breathing up here. And it's such a different thing to feel the breath wave moving down to the soles of your feet, to your fingertips, to open to the energy of your own being in that way um, makes such a difference for me. All right. Very interesting stuff. I, I love this kind of stuff. Um, you know, I'm always looking for something different to, to try. And so I'm, I'm definitely going to give this a try. Um, so the book is called Deep Fitness. I'm assuming people can find that on Amazon. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, it's everywhere. It's Amazon. It's sold on all the major uh, distributors, bookstores worldwide, actually, and in uh, Audible as well. Uh, also, I want to mention that as the book's been published since, what, late October, we probably have now clients testing, uh, finding us. And we're doing virtual training. And, you know, you don't need much. You can just body weight and resistance band. Okay. And you'll be surprised how hard this workout could be. People feel sore for days for only half an hour of this kind of training. So it's very effective if you have access to the gym, the okay. machines, the way we, we have exercises in the book. But also you can just do it body weight. And you can always find us through my web, uh, our website, newelementtraining.com and book a uh, free introductory session for like first shot and then we can put you to the workout and see how effective it is you know first hand uh repeat that website again so it's uh, our uh, company name new element training.com new element training.com uh and then also i know that uh deep fitness.life i mean they because that's yep. where I kind of find out some information about y'all. Mm -hmm. So um, people can go there and, you know, fi find the book and like, so you find it on Amazon yep. or new element training.com. So yep. uh, any, any other way people can contact you or you on social media, Instagram, anything like well, that? Well, yeah, we, we have Instagram, uh, we have Facebook. They just have to look for new element training and they'll find us. Gotcha. Uh, okay. um, and I'd like to also appreciate what you do, you know, coming from the physician, yeah. I've been into this, you know, area for, nine years now professionally right and uh uh you don't find many doctors physician kind of do what you do so i truly truly appreciate it uh no. what you're doing amazing i appreciate that yeah thanks a lot so well thank you for your time uh again i apologize for the technical issues um but uh, great great topic and uh have to have you guys back sometime so awesome but, yeah but really, okay, really nice. appreciate yeah. really appreciate your time and, and you have a great evening yeah nice meeting okay all right bye-bye Thank you for listening to FitRx. I invite you to share this with friends and family. If you would like, you can check out our website at vibrantlifedc.com or you can email me at drgreg at vibrantlifedc.com.